Hello and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast on this week's show. Big news from All Elite Wrestling as Miro, the former Rusev, debuts on Dynamite and Kenny Omega leaves the tag division. In independent wrestling news, GCW announces the return of the collection series of events along with NWA's return of 10 Pounds of Gold. And in WWE news, we have the fallout from last week's Vince Edict and releases galore. All that and more. Hello everyone, how are we all on this balmy, gorgeous, wet weather Sunday? Take your pick. As always, I am here with my good buddy Pete and my good buddy Mark. How are we guys? Doing all right. How about you, Mike? Yeah, fantastic. Glad to be back. Excellent. I'd just like to throw it out here from the top of the show. I think our audio sounds absolutely perfect this week, so we're in for a good show, I think. Let's crack on straight in with some AEW news. It's been a, a... Big week for them with the viewing figures released today. I think they broke a million this week. Finally, broke a million. Indeed, Jeff, broke a million. Obviously, they went uh, uh, unopposed on a Wednesday night, but there was all that and more. What's this about about Rusev coming over? So, at All Out, Kip Sabian announced his uh, he was engaged to Penelope Ford. They're they're going to be married soon. And he was uh, hyping up the announcement of his best man who will be the best man at his wedding. And uh, we got the answer this week, this Wednesday on AEW Dynamite, and we learned that it is, in fact, Miro, the former Rusev. He's uh, uh, moving away, well, not necessarily moving away, taking a little break from streaming on Twitch, and, and he's, he's all elite now. He's one of the few that's allowed to stream on Twitch at the moment. <laughs> but we'll get, we'll get to that later. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit of a shock. I wasn't expecting that. I was, I was under the impression that he was taking a bit of sabbatical from wrestling. Yeah, that's really what he made it look out look to be, because uh, he said several times that he was going to become a, a professional Twitch streamer, <laughs> and you know it's it's a very strange career jump from professional wrestler to Twitch streamer, but it, like he's a guy who who is really passionate about video games. I remember hearing him talk uh, several times in interviews about how really the big downside for him about being with WWE was that he wasn't at home to play all the video games that he spent a lot of his money on. <laughs> so, you know, that's kind of a kind of a way to get back what, what he felt he was missing out on. But as you say, like he, like he said about the, the edict, which we're going to talk about later, uh, when he posted initially that uh, he was, he wasn't going to be on Twitch for a bit. I was wondering if that was, if that was just a rib. Like if that was just a joke about what was going on at WWE and and things were going to be just the same, but no, he showed up on Dynamite to the surprise of everybody. Yeah, that really did come from from absolutely nowhere, completely out of left field. I did I, I saw so many names mentioned for Kip's uh, Kip's best man, and I did not see Miro slash Rusev at all. So fair play to AEW for keeping that under wraps. Yeah, like no one, no one knew a damn thing. For all we know, he was still. For all we knew, he was still. He was still in talks with Impact. Yes, I saw that rumor as well. the The Good Brothers were were dropping hints. Maybe they were just like a part of a smokescreen. Mm-hmm. Well, I've heard that there's also a lot of people who have been talking to some of the names who've landed in Impact about joining. But uh, that's neither here nor there at the moment because we're talking about AEW. 
<laughs> what about you, Mark? What's your feelings on on the Rusev Miro coming going to AEW even? Uh, I think the fact that he's the best man when the last feud that he was part of was wedding related. I wonder if that's kind of <laughs> in itself. You know, he's not getting married, but he's the best man, and it just seems like it's. Too coincidental. There seems to be too many coincidental things with AEW. Uh, some are directly, some indirectly, but I, that's my take of him coming in as the best man. I must say, I do like the blonde hair. It's uh, different. Definitely sets him apart. Yeah, the uh, the blonde hair. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something now. During my my early early twenties, I did uh, an M M&M and bleached my head. So all power to to Rusev. Sorry, Miro for for the the blonde hair. But yeah, you're right. The the poking of the bear, possibly with the wedding angle, but it, it it's not it's not beyond AEW to to poke the bear like that. I mean, you've got Cody with the the sledgehammer all those all those months ago, and there's a few other digs and pieces. It could it could well be. Yeah, they've never been uh, uh, shy about taking shots at their at their rival, which is a thing that like a lot of people have have mixed feelings about, uh, just because it seems kind of petty to be uh taking shots at at a place where a lot of these people used to work hey look it worked in the in the 90s in the monday night wars so if it worked then it's going to work now and we keep saying what's old is new so yeah and you know all is fair in love and war exactly wrestling war yay <laughs> um, what else did you mention was it was it kenny kenny omega i know from the the after effects of um all out last weekend he he had enough of page and he just walked out and screamed at the Bucks that he wanted a clean break. Is, 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 that, is this what he means? Yes, this is exactly what he means. He's going back into the singles division, and he's uh, uh, looking to be the ace of, of All Elite Wrestling, kind of like he was, uh, well, he wasn't exactly the ace in Japan, but he was, he was certainly a big deal in New Japan. You know, all the, better, all the best to him in his attempts to conquer wrestling in North America. As you're saying, with him just walking away from Hangman Page, I think that was really very telling about what kind of character Kenny's going to be now that he's going back into singles action. Because honestly, it feels like walking away was was almost worse than if he he just did a beatdown angle. It's like when a parent says to you, "I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed." It's it's that kind of oh my god that 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 feeling that you get. That's what I got when he was when he was walking away and when he was walking away uh, that same night and he's having a go at the bucks and this as you said about his, this new change of attitude this new way of, of of looking reminded me of how the bucks were during the match against um jurassic express they were very much business orientated they were they didn't care if they wanted the cheers the claps or anything else they just wanted to, to win and i think kenny's now on board with the bucks and vice versa yeah, I've seen especially the way the Bucks responded to Alex Marvez trying to get an interview with them this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was stood out front of their their dressing room door. He knocked and and they opened the door just to just to give him that super kick in stereo. <laughs> like this yeah. is this is a side of the Bucks that we haven't seen easily since their time in New Japan. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bringing bringing back Bullet Club vibes for me. What about you, Mark? Are you are you liking this? steely-eyed direction now for for kenny yeah yeah it's um fans will get a chance to see him on his own and what he can do to a north american audience we 
we've seen what he's done as a team, but it's fun. It's fun. It's something that we, I don't think we had anticipated happening. And a heel Kenny Omega can be very fun to watch, to embrace, and the opportunities in the matchups are going to be there too. So does that mean the Bucks returning? Like, how does this, is Paige more in a state of limbo? Like, does he necessarily I, join FTR and, and Sean Spears because you kind of see them lingering? Or is he on his own? I think that's really going to be the storyline moving forward is is Hangman in kind of this this limbo space. And, and that's probably going to uh, contribute further to his drinking problem. I, and I think that's going to be, overcoming that's going to be his big breakout storyline. Yeah, long-term storytelling with this one. Let's see. Uh, it's the thing that that seems to be uh, that AEW seems to be more keen on than WWE and and even Impact because we see like th- this this restraint that Kenny has had about challenging for for the AEW World Championship seems very remarkable, especially considering that a lot of people were were thinking that. All Elite Wrestling was just going to be a way for Kenny and the Bucks and and Cody to put themselves over, but they're they're doing something that's a lot more slow burn. We're getting which, we're getting lots think, of stories yeah. still coming out of that the foundation really. I think I'm, I, I might be wrong here, but I'm sure that on the like the first episode of Dynamite, all all four of the the Elite were both all of them the same even that they it's not the show is not about them. They are going to use themselves to get other people over and then their time will come mm-hmm. now their time is coming cody's off filming some kind of talent show <laughs> where you've got the the bucks with this slight new attitude you've got kenny going screw this i'm going back to singles i'm going to show the world just how good i am now you're going to see them push AEW even more just as jericho's coming down you've got the elite going up which is um which is great mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Jericho. Also from Dynamite this week, we learned that Chris Jericho and Jake Hagar are entering the tag division. Yeah, another another team that seemed to be just thrown together, much like Paige and, and Omega. And look how well they did. So you wouldn't put it past Jericho, Le, Le Champion, and oh, the man of so many titles, and, and Jake Hagar making a big splash in, in that in that pool. What, about, what do you think, Mark? I find it interesting because... I know the one thing that seems to be missing from Hager is, is some personality. And I think the union between them makes sense. I just, I wonder what the long-term is going to be with them. Like, are they going to stay together as a team? Is that, is it just to provide some division? Because then who are the solo acts within, within inner circle? Or is that not as important? Is it just about Sammy Guevara being the breakout guy? Cause I kind of look at them as a group. Now you've got, a group made of two teams or is it just for a tournament? So I end up walking away with a little more, a few, few more questions than necessarily liking or disliking. That's, that's a good point. As you said, there's, there's two teams now in essence in the, in a circle, which leaves Sammy on his own. Is he going to break out? I'm, we can, it's a nice little, uh, nice little segue into our next thing here, which is the Matt Hardy concussion, which Sammy was involved in as I take it. We've all seen, Seen the spot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So for uh, those at home that haven't, so Sammy and Matt were in a broken rules match, which is basically a no DQ, no count out, no submission, or, you know, false count anywhere, I think it was. And we ha- had a spot where I was tussling in the background of the uh, arena. 
and they walked past two tables which had merch put on them and there was a scissor lift right next to it so they've battled onto the scissor lift the scissor lift has gone up and as it's gone up sammy has decided to spear matt off the top of the scissor lift supposed to fall into the tables to break their fall except i think a combination of the scissor lift being too close hold on a second yeah (laughs) cool so what what happened with the scissor lift? So scissor lift was I think was too close to the tables, and Sammy speared him and overshot the table. It was a combination of the two, and Matt hit the the back table. So his bum and his back hit the back table, and his head just hit the concrete. Wow! It was a nasty, nasty spot. And I, even though I knew it was coming, so I watched it the next morning. I knew it was coming, and I could I was sat here. Oh my god, feeling sick. Yeah, ever watch a feud that every reason it should be great. One guy you know ultimately wants to make the other guy look good. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it just didn't work. Like, has that I, I I don't know if if this is the closest comparison that to make to these two, but when AJ Styles and was was a face and he was having a feud with Kevin Owens, I, I never found that there was anything wow about their feud. And I don't know if there was a chemistry thing. Great singles guys, but for whatever reason, maybe I wasn't feeling it. I don't know about anyone else. But these two, it feels like the same thing has been a calamity after calamity after. And the intention is always, let's make Sammy look good. And Sammy's a talented kid. But at the same time, we get it busted open, Matt Hardy with the bad chair in one instance. We get Matt getting hurt. Why that match wasn't stopped is another conversation. Mm-hmm. In another instance, and here we are, it almost feels like they should not be together for luck or whatever. I don't know if you believe it, but it, I don't know. It's, you, hear, you hear through through the years of just people, two great talents, but the chemistry wasn't there. Now, I think the chemistry is there between them because they've always been in gimmick kind of mm-hmm. matches and scenarios. It's never really had a chance to shine. As you said, you've got the bad chair shot. You had the concussion from last weekend. It's just a, a series of bad luck. The way it was built up with Matt Hardy running him over with the golf cart, that was that was genius. And I was, we're, all of us around the world were thinking, oh, wow, this is going to be a really good feud. And then it just didn't, catch fire i mean obviously sammy was off tv for a month or so which died down the feud but even when he came back it just didn't it's that spark just wasn't there if they just had a normal match and worked their way up to these gimmick ones then it, it could be different but you're right there's just sometimes you're you, you're hoping and that this match this this feud between the two is gonna is gonna catch fire and it it, it just didn't really didn't it's just such a shame yeah. Is Pete back yet? Yeah. Oops. Yeah. I've been back for a bit now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're Cat, cats are falling asleep. It'll be fine. <laughs> All fed now. Um, to, to answer a question uh, Mark brought up, uh, which is why they didn't stop the match. I think in a sense, they kind of painted themselves into a corner. If anything went wrong, when they, when they gave that stipulation where if, if Hardy lost, he would leave AEW. Yeah. Because you have, you know, Matt Hardy stronger than death. And it seems like like handing Sammy this win 
that win in such a inconclusive way would be would be absolutely devastating for the angle as a whole. That's that's my take on on why they didn't end the match there. It's it's a shame that they didn't just come out and say say that rather than than Tony Khan coming out and saying, "Oh no, we rang the bell to pause the match." Well, no, because if you ring the bell, you it means it signifies the the beginning and the end of the match. So, and plus the X went up, and every fan knows what what the X means. So, for him to come out and say that, he should have just said, "Yeah, we cocked up. We needed to kill time. We shouldn't have rung the bell." I mean, Sammy was trying to kill time anyway by mugging to the camera and everything else. Uh, but the doctor wasn't even there on hand. He, the doctor was about a minute away. They should, they should just hold their hands up and say, we cocked up. We need to work on our protocols a bit better. We're sorry, but hey-ho, we live and learn. Or they hopefully they live and learn. Or am I just wrong? I Hopefully, hopefully they do live and learn. Because uh, I remember seeing um, Rebby Hardy on Twitter that oh, night. Oh, 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 she yeah. was apoplectic. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was not a happy bunny. Damn. I don't think I, mean, I don't think I've seen anyone curse that much in texting since well, well the last the last time I got dumped. But uh we'll we'll crack on. We'll, we'll gloss over that. We'll gloss over that. But yeah, it's 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 such a shame that All Out had the potential to be a great pay-per-view. And unfortunately, it's just gonna be remembered for a botched spot that caused a concussion and then made made whether he Matt was made to, whether Matt just sucked it up and went, I've got to finish this match. It just it took the air out of the cards, and that was that was the middle of the card. So the rest of the event, it was it was anticlimactic for me. Mm-hmm. Very, very anticlimactic. Any thoughts on that, Mark? Um, disappointed that in Matt Hardy's entire time in AEW had all these opportunities and freedoms that could have been come about. It's more or less larger look at Matt Hardy, less about so much what happened in this match, but just overall. Um, I f- really, I feel bad, if anything, that it's just been one mistake after another. Nobody's fault, but it just hasn't clicked. And it's disappointing. So do you think his, his, uh, his little speech on, on Wednesday night is just like drawing a line under that and going, right, forget that. This Now you're going to see me. This is Matt Hardy going forward, fighting for you know the TNT title, possibly. Maybe. No gimmicks. And maybe Rebby said to him let's uh, you've got decisions you got to make right it's it's different when you're just fighting for you to establish yourself but you're matt freaking hardy man you've achieved what you've got and then you look over when you go home and you've got three kids and a wife and that's the the chances and the risks what for what reward right and and to see your kids are watching this do you really want to want to that want to be their last memory of It, it to that extent right not to say that Thankfully, nothing, I mean, we don't know the severity of a concussion. He was up the next, or it seemed like he was functional and communicating. And But when is enough enough, especially at, at the age that he is, which isn't, I don't see Jericho taking those kind of risks, and they're only a few years apart. Mm. I have a sneaking suspicion that Rebby may have quite firmly and, and very harshly reminded him about those same issues. Hopefully, touch wood, that he's, uh, he won't take as many risky stunts. The guy is not 20 years old anymore. He's, as you said, a father, a husband. He's got a future to think about. 
AEW's in the books for this week. We're going to move on to some pieces that were published on the site this week. Mark, I have a vested interest in one of these pieces, but we'll get to that second. The first one I want to talk about is Dr. Mike Lano, Lano sorry, latest piece. Yeah, Dr. Mike talked about the late Luna Vachon towards the end of August 27th, I believe was the date. 2010, she passed away. So we just celebrated the 10th. I don't know if you celebrated, but it's just the 10th anniversary of uh, Luna Vachon and her passing. And Mike reflects on his relationship with her and the, the wonderful person that she was. So it's definitely one of those cases where I don't ever think I remember her being her being a face. And the way she conforted, con, contorted her face and the makeup that she did always had that angst, that heel character for anybody that it remembers the days of Luna Vachon, who comes from a legendary wrestling family in Quebec. Father was Mad Dog, or sorry, father was Paul, I believe. And uncle is Mad Dog. And just, just a wonderful person from Mike's recounts of her and their relationship. I, I, the first time I remember seeing her, she, she was part of the oddities back mm -hmm. in the Attitude era with Kurgan and, and a few others. And that's, that was my, my first memory. And she just made me laugh, bless her. She was so rabid, I think is the word back then. And she just amazed me back back then and going forward and, and since I've joined the site and learning a bit more history, finding out more about the Vachon name and how important it is in Canada. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really great piece. Much, so, much, much good. You didn't see her at all with Bam Bam Bigelow when he would call her Tick, which was nope. short lunatic? No? Oh, okay. No, no, didn't see any of that. I I've, Obviously, I, I have now because of the, of the, the wonderful WWE Network, <laughs> which is 999, by the way, in case you didn't know. The, um, is it? I, Oh, oh! I hope they give us some some like free <laughs> free trials for that. Well, we'll have to stop our Twitch channels and everything else. So you know, be careful. Yeah. So on the network, I've gone back and seen her work in WCW and and like before the oddities and things like that. And she's she's just played the same kind of character, just slightly different subtleties every now and again. She's great. She was she was amazing. I just feel I feel bad that it took me so long to to realize just how great she was. She was also quite prolific when when you think about all the places that she had been. When I like sometimes I'll go back to watch old events from from companies that aren't around anymore, like Universal Wrestling Federation, the Herb Abrams. She was she was involved in that. She had uh, she had the Blackhearts there that were she was valet for a tag team. She was involved in ECW, she was involved in WCW, she was involved in WWF and and even more uh, before and after. Truly, someone who who is in it for for the love of the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So our second piece that I've got a, a slight vested interest in is it's a blog about how intergender wrestling is going to have to evolve post COVID. Would you say, Mark? Mm -hmm. I think that's the best way to to describe it. Guest blogger Dan Conroy, a close friend of our own Mark Blake. Maybe you can share something about where Dan is coming from. Is myself, yeah, myself and Dan, we we trained together at a wrestling school. Dan had trained, uh, oh my word, about eight years before that, but dipped out when the, the scene kind of turned over here. It wasn't so great. But when the scene picked up again and there was a school close to us, we both went. I've known Dan for flipping hell, 12 years, no longer than that, 15 years, I would imagine. 
he's one of my closest dudes and he left wrestling when I left wrestling and he's been kicking about at the gym and he hit me up last couple of weeks ago. We went out for a beer and got chatting and he said, oh, I've got, you know, I've got the urge to write something. So I was like instantly, right, okay, you crack on, you write something. <laughs> and gave him free reign. And then three days later, this landed in my inbox and I was pleasantly surprised. A wonderful piece. If you haven't had a chance to read it, please, please do go over to the site. Uh, intergender wrestling. So he he basically talks about a, a famous uh, wrestling match over here. It was the Antifun Police, who we've kind of discussed a little bit on the pod before, against a local, or sorry, a national TV celebrity called Dave Benson Phillips and the one and only Session Moth Martina. The whole match itself was held at Riptide Wrestling, which is one of my local promotions. I miss them and I wish they would hurry up and come back. But um, the match itself was a, a gunge match. Dave Benson Phillips used to host a children's TV show where the parents would get gunged. That was the whole premise of this match, that somebody was going to get gunged. And Dan's point was, post-COVID, maybe this match might not work because of the intergender. And he, he gives a, a for and uh, against answer. And I'm not going to spoil it, but just go read the article. It's supremely written. It's a great first blog. And I'm hoping he writes some more for us. The rise and fall and rise again. Intergender wrestling. Now, talking about Riptide, who are a part of the indie scene over here, let's crack on with some indie news. What you got for us, Mark? Exciting news. Uh, Game Changer Wrestling uh, this past week uh, or so, a little more so, they announced the return of The Collective, which was a collection of events that was slated to take place, for those that may not know, during WrestleMania week. Um, unfortunately, with COVID hitting, those events, much like a lot of things that took place in Florida, uh, along with anything else in North America, got scrapped. And the idea was what was going to happen with these set of shows? What was going to happen? What was going to happen? And for months, the collective Twitter handle went dormant. Until one day, they just said, hey. And from there, um, the whirlwind of things that took place uh, announced from Game Changer Wrestling's collective Twitter handle that there will be a series of events taking place. Now, over here, I believe it's the Thanksgiving weekend. Is that correct, Pete? Let me just do the math on that real quick. (laughs) Yes, that is is, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So for us here in Canada, it's the... Thanksgiving Second weekend, weekend of October. Yeah. So the, the event's running October 9th through the 11th, and it's a series of events that doesn't just involve Game Changer Wrestling. There's Glory Pro, there's Shimmer, Black Label Pro, a number of events from a number of different promotions, prominent independent promotions coming together to run these shows. Really excited about them taking place. Uh, they offer different opportunities, package deals, whether it's still something that you're interested in, whether you're still going to take part. I think they even have a, like a Google form in which you could sign what it is that you're interested in and they'll honor accordingly. So what's exciting is that we'll have previews of these events coming up fast and furious as a, as a site. We're deciding on what it is that we're going to cover. Um, I think even Pete and I were talking briefly. It's almost like rock, paper, scissors. Um, I got it. You got it. And deciding what, who's going to cover what it's an exciting time. We're fortunate that we can watch these events, whether it's, hopefully it's going to be on uh, IWTV, but I know they've had other events there or fight TV. Might not like to be that. Uh, They're, they're streaming it live on fight. 
yeah. Fight so, TV. So look at that. IWTV got a free ad ad under what should have been a free uh, Fight TV ad. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure you can still pre-purchase to watch those events over those course of the days. And it's awesome. So looking down the list here, there is there's 12 events over three days. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. I know it normally happens over Mania weekend, but because so much happens over Mania weekend, you kind of go, oh, okay. But because nothing's going on right now, and I'm seeing there's 12 events over three days, that's that's mad. Anything there take a fancy, peeps? Uh, I am excited for Bloodsport. Yes. Uh, it's a shoot wrestling event. There's no posts, there's no ropes, and wins are only by uh, knockouts or submission. I liked when that was Matt Riddle's Bloodsport. Uh, when Matt Riddle left to join WWE, he gifted his uh, his own event to Josh Barnett, who also has some uh, MMA background. So far, they've only announced one person who's participating, Josh Alexander, who is uh, a local boy with mm-hmm. uh, Alpha One Wrestling. And I, I hope they come back soon, at least to the city. They had a show in Oshawa last weekend. Oh, nice. Uh, and uh, I'm also interested in uh, Effie's Big Gay Brunch for all of the LGBTQ plus wrestlers and uh, for the culture, uh, especially this year around, which is a a show that focuses on uh, black wrestlers. What about you, Mark? Anything that hasn't been said yet? I'm, I've always been a fan and I continue to be a fan of Black Label Pro. Uh, what What is going to be threat level midnight is now threat level noon. <laughs> Much like Pete, Josh Barnett, it's exciting. If you've watched past events, it's raw underground done right. Fair way to 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 put it. Um, That's their strap line, surely. They've got to come and come in with that. (laughs) Um, They can steal it and use it. That, along with Joey Janelle, is always going to be fun. Um, That looks like a fun show too. Shimmer, like I I miss watching Rise and Shimmer, and and those promotions get a chance to compete, and so uh, I'm excited about that too, um, and the education that comes with it. One of our writers, Tiffany Livingston, who's been really prominent in covering GCW for us. I'm excited to see. Hopefully, she'll be able to kick in and, and share with us some some previews as well. But uh, we're excited about these shows. It's awesome. Awesome stuff. There's going to be a massive run of previews, which means a lot of work for the writers, a lot of work for us editors, and it's going to be so good. So hopefully, you'll all take a good look at what we're writing and you never know. Quick plug for fight. You can get on there and due to due to our previews, you can go on to fight. And unfortunately, we haven't got a code to give you, but you could watch the shows. Anything else is going on in the indie indie world, Mark? A major announcement. Like it's I think it's major, at least for independent scene and, and for somebody that's had a really tough run of luck coming back, getting an opportunity to prove himself. Mike Bennett, formerly Mike Canellis, who's now getting an opportunity at the 10 pounds of gold held by Mr. Nick Aldis in NWA. Um, looking forward to seeing that. Pretty good. Pretty exciting times. So that's the return of the the web series, is that? I believe so, yes. So is, that's leading up to a match. Is there, has the match been announced yet? Because as I said last week, and <laughs> admittedly, I did get a lot of hate mail. I have not watched any NWA, so I'm out of the loop. So is the, um, an event been announced yet for it? Uh, yes, actually. I saw it just before we started recording. Ah, yeah, I've just found it. UWN. There we go. United Wrestling Network? Yes, Universal Wrestling Network. Yeah, Universal. So, Primetime Live pay-per-view debut. 
Wow. For a for a paper for a company's debut to have the the NWA title as your main event, that's that's a that's a draw straight away. Yeah, we've seen that that happened before with All Elite Wrestling with All In back in yeah. 2019, 2019, 2018 started well not started it featured uh, it was the first it was the first uh, match they announced was uh, cody Rhodes versus nick aldis for that same 10 pounds of gold and look where and look where all elite is now exactly this could be this could be big news so this this takes place next tuesday the 15th again oh my god we, we really need to get some money from these guys it's again it's on fight tv uh, <laughs> or in demand pay-per-view but yeah get yourselves onto the nwa youtube and just just look at the the change of Mike Bennett, it's, I use this word a lot, but it's unreal. He is a different person to what he was six months ago, a year ago. Yeah, he seems, he seemed to be uh, very lifeless in WWE. It's Toward- amazing what, what being there does to you. Sorry, Mark. Oh, t- towards the end, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of hard to try and stay as committed. I mean, he was as committed as he could have been. He was in phenomenal shape, but he was always available and he told the company line and, Eventually, it's not about money; it's about opportunity, and he wants opportunity to, to be out there. So, well, as I said, that is this coming Tuesday. Just go to Fight TV as four times now and <laughs> give it a watch. Did I hear on the grapevine something about Beyond Wrestling returning? Yes, you did. Beyond Wrestling is returning as of September twentieth. What I'm not sure of is would it be their Uncharted territory show that they would run weekly? I'm not sure. I think I'm not. Don't quote me on this, but I think it's just was it a special just to let people know they're back? Ah, here we go. So Beyond Wrestling uh, are returning to IWTV for a streaming special Sunday to September 20th. So nothing about a show just yet, just a returning show, just the event. But hey, I mean, that's great news with that. These these indie promotions are slowly creeping they're coming back, tippy towing into the water. That's always a good sign, yeah. Oh, indeed. yeah, great sign for for uh, all the indie fans out there, which there is many of on the site. So beyond wrestling, are back. Now let's cross the pond, or in my case, quite a few ponds. Travel over to New Japan. Big news: the G1 Climax. Everyone, quite a few writers of our writers are very excited for this. G1 Climax. Mark, what you got? Uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, completely stumped as I, I'm searching. I know that the that the blocks have been announced. Uh, who's a part of it? Who we can anticipate being a part of it? I couldn't answer because <laughs> I'm completely uh, unprepared in this spot. So, so folks, this this is right. my fault, folks, because at the beginning of this show we do a bit of a rundown, and I I kind of just lumbered this on Mark, and it was like, yeah, yeah, no worries, and I. I I didn't talk about it for for just that reason. All right, I got the blocks here. Have you got the blocks? Let's go. Yes. Block A. Kazuchika Okada, Kota Ibushi, Shingo Takagi, Jay White, Tomohiro Ishii, Minoru Suzuki, Jeff Cobb, Taichi, Will Ospreay, and Yujiro Takahashi. And in B block, we have Tetsuya Naito, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Zack Sabre Jr., Evil, Hiroki Goto, Kenta, Torianu, Sanada, Yoshihashi, and Juice Robinson. Juice, by the way, has the most amazing hat on in his promo picture. I'm, <laughs> I'm just I'm surprised that they, they they chose something so uh, so jovial as his as his as his picture. Really Western. I mean, it's the most Western thing I've ever seen on their site. But 
that's some talent there. Way too many people there for for my liking. I can't I can't pick a winner. Uh, yeah, neither can, can I really. <laughs> I mean, there's a handful of people I'd like to win, but yeah, I don't think Tomohiro Ishii is going to walk away the victor of this one, or or Suzuki for that matter. Oh, as long as as long as Suzuki just beats himself, I'm I'm happy. I don't care. The guy yeah, could just really. stand in the ring and just throw forearms, and I would be as happy as a pig in the proverbial. I yeah, I'd play. I'd pay decent money to watch him wrestle a broomstick. <laughs> I've, I've seen him live once over here. Uh, New Japan did a tour over here, and the pop that he got when he just just started unload. Who was he, who was he facing? Might have been Okada. He was he was just unloading on him, and there was like five thousand people just screaming. Ah, oh, it was so good. Never felt so like part of a crowd before in my life. It was like we was all one going. Yes, we've paid like good money for this. So oh, it was amazing. Okay, I'm gonna uh, go first. I'm gonna go. Oh, sorry, Pete. Okay. I, I just had a, a thing I wanted to to mention. Was, okay. Uh, I think that it's interesting that it took a global pandemic for the blocks of the g1 climax to look balanced for once <laughs> well the last couple the last couple have had an a block that could absolutely smoke b block yeah they have been a bit one-sided recent recent years i think the last two years have just looked a bit very topsy-turvy really stacked in a and, and b is like well mm. but yeah you're right this year it's, it's balanced really balanced if if i'm gonna pick if i'm gonna pick I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Sonada. You know, mm-hmm. I keep saying, I've, not to you guys, but to like my other wrestling buds, Sonada's time is gonna come soon, and what better time than now? So you're going to block B, right? Uh, Sonada's yes. in a yeah. I just noticed uh, Juice Robinson kind of looks like Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for so all of our see that's that's the tie-in there, Mark. And, uh, it's it all comes round back to you, my friend. So, <laughs> oh man, do you, do you do you have you got a winner? If you had to choose, or are you just excited just for some G one? Just excited for some G one. I I couldn't. I I'm I'm not gonna pretend to be something I'm not. And uh, I look at these names, and I'd be afraid of anybody coming out of Block A. Whoever gets hit, it looks like it's gonna like. I see a lot of punishment, a lot of stronger st- uh, strikes coming from those in block A and then I look at block B and I see a lot a lot of technical savvy like it's one can kind of counter the other per se um mm-hmm. I have a funny feeling that our very own Sonal is um she's going to be cheering on a certain Jay White yeah uh, she's his biggest fan um hey Sonal hope you're all great um <laughs> yeah she she loves him and with good reason too he's great what about you Pete uh, again, I'm I'm just excited for some G1. Like this, these these uh, entrants look really interesting. I'm I'm excited to see Jeff Cobb. I'm excited to see Ishii and Suzuki, Kenta, Juice Robinson. It just it just looks like like good matches all around. And like I said, there's a handful of people I'd really like to see win, but the New Japan has not deemed to smile on them so much. <laughs> it's as as you both said, it's just great just to see. Sub G one. We when you know six months ago we were really wondering if if New Japan were even going to run anything, let alone do a G one. So this is great news, and I'm hoping this year I actually get some time to watch some G one and not the the opening round and the final rounds. Fingers crossed. 
fingers crossed. That's it for our indie news today. We're going to quickly go on to our WWE news because, well, because it's it's hit mainstream news in America. I'm not too sure if you guys know. Mr. Vince McMahon, or as I lovingly call him, Uncle Vince, has gone a bit start raving bloody bonkers and told all his employees slash talent that they're not allowed to use any third parties, i.e. Twitch, Cameo, things like that. And then the internet rumor mill went completely crazy. And people were saying like, oh, no, they, they're not even allowed to use their real names. WWE own their real names. They're not allowed to do this, not allowed to do that. Over the past few days, uh, more news has come out to say, no, it's not strictly true. Mark Carano was bullshitting, excuse my language, when he said that talent can't use their real names. Um, he was just trying to put the fear of God into them, which was a shitty thing to do. But they have up until I think it's the end of this month to change their handles from WWE names to their real names. So with that long ass intro, what do you two think about this? Uh, just a correction. They're not employees. They're independent contractors. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you spotted that. <laughs> which, uh, which makes me wonder, like, if they're independent contractors, why are you saying they can't they can't use? Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense that they can't use their their trademarked WWE names, but it just seems so so bizarre that that WWE would crack down on them making income from third parties if they're independent contractors. Mm-hmm. What about you, um, Mark? Oh, sorry, Pete. Yeah, let Mark take it. I I got to get these thoughts together. Okay, <laughs> go on, Mark. From a business standpoint, I can kind of see. I know I'm going to get flack for this, but if if you're using your likeness, if you go on and say, hi, I'm going to somebody who's, this is the hard part because if somebody's real name is their character name, you got that. Like I'm, I'm Tommaso Ciampa, but well, that's not actually his real name, but yeah. I mean, let's say, uh, let's say Austin Creed. Okay. Aust- Austin Creed. Right. So he often advertises that too. But if he was to go on and say, I'm Austin Creed, you might know me from <laughs> then, then it might, be a problem because you're utilizing the company, your likeness to capitalize firstly on that. So I think they shouldn't have had that wording in saying independent because then that's the complicated part because you want somebody to promote themselves, advertise for themselves as part of what they do. John Moxley shared that he had to create a Twitter account. I, you'd be hard pressed to find a tweet from him <laughs> while he was Dean Ambrose, right? Yeah. So, this is the thing. If they're asking to do something and then being penalized because they're going to profit from it. Now, Meltzer received flack because it isn't as it seems, it seems, because Miro, funny enough, we talked about earlier, the same thing was mentioned is that it's not maybe the most reliable and it's not true that that was what was the straw, but it seems like they've loosened or clarified a little bit. If somebody's going to go off and earn side money off of the name of something that somebody's paying you, and I'm pretty sure they're making, they have to be making at least a hundred thousand a year doing what they're doing. No, I, I can't see that. I do. I don't know any of these. Any like, I don't think I don't think anyone here really knows anyone's uh, salaries outside of like the top guys. Yeah, it's, it's it's that's very subjective. All I know is that I think basic NXT talents take home, I think, what was, what was I read? Between 50 to 65 a year. So, 
you know, if you're going up towards mid-level, yeah, you're probably right about that. But it, what what gets me is that a few days ago, Stephanie McMahon did an interview where she said everyone, higher-ups in WWE, are actively urging all their talent to go and build their own brand. But then she's also taking, or she and, and Uncle Vince, are taking away that opportunity by this edict. The miscommunication that's come out since. Why did it take a week for it to say, oh, actually, no, we, we're not, we don't own their real names? Why did it take that long? Why couldn't that come out straight away? And then maybe this, this forest fire of, of a news item could have been doused before it became like that. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a rhetorical question because you're asking the question that's why not? There's no reason for why they couldn't have gone through PR before this became an issue. Like, well, if this is, they they have to have enough experience knowing if this is what we say, this could be a response. How do we respond to it? Not thousands and thousands of people saying, but you call them independent. How do you, if you're employing me, how am I independent? And really when we talk about how the WWE has kind of taken away their, their superstars methods of building brands, that's kind of been, you know, Vince's, Vince's MO for quite some time. Like we can think of, of, all these people who have gone out to try and grab that brass ring, as as he likes to say, uh, you know, we've had we've had CM Punk, we've had uh, Zack Ryder, we've had all these people who have tried all of these external ways to get themselves over to establish their brand, only to get absolutely squashed when they actually have a brand. Or in the case of of up up down down, get absorbed by WWE, so they end up owning it. Mm -hmm. So they're still not them branching out with their brand when the company owns what they started with in the first place. It's yeah, it just becomes, it just becomes another brand for WWE to kind of overtake. Exactly. It's, it's asked backwards to me. I, I, I can't work it out and many others, but the, the reason why I said at the top of this is it's hit mainstream attention in America. I don't know the politician's name, but a quite prominent U S politician called out Vince McMahon on national TV and said, what the hell are you doing? These are independent contractors, which then brought brought up the independent contractor issue once more. I mean, do you two know any any better? <laughs> could could you put shed any more light on this? We were we were talking. This is the same guy we were talking about just that's before right. we started recording. Yeah, so that's that's Andrew Yang. I am reasonably familiar with his politics. He's got a very um, tech oriented bent to his to his uh, uh, politics. Um, and he's been kind of, kind of, he was kind of a joke candidate, really. He's seen seen as a joke, but now that he's been gotten more involved with uh, some of the establishment people, he's gotten uh, to be a bigger deal. But yeah, he's he's someone who's who's had a lot of ideas about labor in America and how big companies abuse contracts to get the most out of out of their workers and and you know wring money from any source they possibly can. So it is very on brand of him to to call out WWE like this. This is this reminds me of when um John Oliver shined a light on this this particular situation, not last WrestleMania, the WrestleMania before, on his his show over there, where he couldn't work out why independent talent can and can't do certain things when they're independent, when they're under contract. And it, it gained so much mainstream attention and then it died down again. So I'm thinking, is, is it going to happen this time? Is it going to 
suddenly hit a peak again where everyone goes, oh, right, 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 right. And then within three days, it's just back back page news. What, what do you think? The way things have been with WWE in the past, uh, I'm talking about the steroid trial. I'm talking about the Benoit situation. I'm talking about all these other other uh, little scandals that that have happened along the way. It really seems like them to not only WWE, but also the the news viewing public to to lose interest quite quickly. And I'm wondering how much of that is on WWE playing it down or us just losing interest. Because, hmm. you know, that's the thing that happens with a lot of stories is that we try to follow them. They they don't have the kind of conclusion or or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Closure that we're looking for and then we lose interest uh that's 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 a bit of my media background for you i'm kind of thinking that you 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 may have hit it on the head there if it wasn't for what's happened over the last 24 48 hours now back in april when the pandemic hit and everyone companies across the world were laying staff on furlough wwe did the same and over the past 48 hours, quite a few members of those staff that are on furlough have now been let go. And three big names have been Mike Rotunda, Sarah Stock, and the guy that's been at the, the company for, I think, 36 years, Mr. Jerry Briscoe. Now, because they were on furlough and by all accounts were told that they were going to come back onto, like, off furlough, back into the company, for them to just sack them like that or let them go, that's big business looking bad on top of this edict and this independent contractor. This week for WWE has not been good for their PR department. No, no, not at all. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a difficult road for them from the PR side as they try to uh leverage people's thoughts away from from their abuses. Yeah, I mean, 60 to 70 gone in the last 48 hours. And the majority of them, the reports are coming out today that they were told they were going to come back and then the date kept getting pushed back and the date kept getting pushed back. And then they get a phone call saying, do you know that date we told you about? Oh, sorry, we're going to have to let you go. On top of this, you know, everything else we've just mentioned, it's it's not looking good. But do you reckon they're going to ride the wave and we'll forget about it? Or do you reckon that... We'll, you know, with the cancel culture that's happening right now, are they going to be able to be able to forget it? I think they're going to try. They're going to try to, to write it out. If people stay on them, they'll make some some superficial changes and maybe allow a bit more freedom from their performers. And then in a couple months, they'll quietly alter things back to how they used to be. Yeah, I think you're right there. What about you, Mark? Have you got any anything to say on this? No, I'm I'm kind of speculating, much like Pete. Right, we're just kind of it's it's really a tough situation because those that are let go or those that have so committed to the company as as long as they have been, it's gosh, this is almost like Dusty Rhodes hard times promo, but in real life, like they're being replaced or removed. And this is their thank you for all their hard work and all their commitment to this business. I I, I wonder, like I, I for someone like Gerald Briscoe, maybe this just was the end, and he was tired, 
I don't know how upset. I know he's put out a comment about it, but at the same time, there's opportunities out there. But is are they going to be in a need where as many producers, if you're not traveling, are going to need to be on the road or scouting or all of those things? Do you need the staff? Like, I, I like the idea of furlough, but I, I guess who you're letting go. I mean, Dean Malenko had come out and said that his release way back was just part of them recycling through producers and those that are there longer. So, gosh, what happens to a Pat Patterson or Michael Hayes, like guys that you think are there for the long haul, but, but what's, what's the long haul now? What's I think you, you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there that this, this might be their saving grace. The people they let, they've let go are mainly from their live events division with the pandemic and no live events happening business wise it makes sense to let them go but there's a case of ageism to answer here because apparently the people they've let go are the older people and the people they've kept are the younger people so again it's a 50 50 oh you know we're not we're not going to keep you anyway but we're going to keep the young ones just in case it's it's just a, a bad week for wwe altogether talking of bad Shit, switching gears from the, the really serious to the completely sublime. Who watched the Retribution promo? Uh, I saw the highlights uh, <laughs> right before we started recording. Uh, was it a couple of weeks ago where you said that Retribution might have uh, a money backer, some money behind them? Yes. Oh, no, I suggested someone like the Hurt Locker funding Raw Underground. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think, or I don't think, I've seen online that people are going down that route, that Retribution have got somebody behind them with cash because this group that have been like outlaws and not allowed in the arena, all of a sudden have got camera time. I've also got a production suite to do editing and make a promo. They've got their own logo. They've got this, that, and everything else. Uh, what, what is the deal? I mean, come on. It's, we've been going for six weeks now for this pod. Retribution started when the week before we started. And I said at that time, I'll give them five to six weeks before I lose interest. I'm there. This promo did nothing for me. What about you? Yeah, that was, I was getting shades of like some, some early Wyatt family promos. Just the way that they were talking in this kind of like cryptic, but also we're angry kind of voice. And, mm -hmm. and really it just, I just saw so many flashbacks of people who had kind of the same thing going on where they were like the, the people who were most disgruntled with the company and and you know what happens to those people they they show up they make a big splash and then you know top guy in the company beats them practically single-handedly and sends them all packing i think this is just this is just the same thing too close to the last time they did it yeah yeah i know we we keep saying old is new but i mean let some bloody time pass for christ's sake mark are you are you are you down with retribution or are you are you just like nah? No, I, I'm not finding feeling it. I I was critical of them a few weeks ago. I'm less intimidated by people wearing black hoodies and 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 tights. And I, I don't know. There's heck when when sanity were around, they looked more intimidating and and frightening. And they were very much anti-authority. Like I definitely got the feels from them of a purge type horror movie, right? That that was mm. watching. You don't get that from these guys. They're um Yeah, they seem like 
like a black block from a protest. Mind you, it seems like those people would be the type of people I'd be most likely to agree with, but you know, they're not people I'm, I'd be intimidated of either way. Yeah. I'm, I, I would be more intimidated of sanity running at me than some random faceless people in black hoodies. It's, and, yeah. and it's, as you said over the past couple of weeks, it's given off the wrong message because that's, that's what the protest protesters uh, kind of associate themselves with, with the, with the black hoodies, with the everything like that. It's, it's, it's a risky, it's, it's just, it's going down the wrong route on so many levels. The story's crap. There's no explanation. Image is wrong. Hey ho, what do we know? <laughs> so are we, are we done with, with this? Like we have with raw underground, which we haven't yeah. mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that, that this is, this is destined for disappointment. Nice. I think uh, I think the next time we'll be talking about them is when they finally unmask and they were everyone we 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 thought where they were going to be, and then we'll wonder, you know, why go through all the trouble? Are, are we are we in agreement that they're going to be young and NXT talent, or are they going to swerve us and make it some of the people they've let go and brought back on the quiet? I'm still for NXT talent. I'm I'm more leaning towards the kind of a hybrid, but those that were still let go, I think that that makes sense. Like if the reason that they're fighting back is because of what happened, then it makes sense. I, I'm I'm kind of hoping it's NXT talent that were let go. It won't be Tay Conti, but others that were let go. And there we have it, folks. The Pro Wrestling Post agree. Retribution is destined for disappointment. Remember that. We're going to finish up today with just the one future piece this week. A pretty important piece, don't you think, Mark? I think so. And I'm excited about it too. Uh, one of our poodle history writers in Alex Podgorski, who's going to be sharing with us the latest installments. I believe it's part three. The history of the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Exciting for it to take place. It should be coming out well, today that we're recording. It's Friday. It's slated to come out on Saturday. It'll probably get a chance to build some traction as it's out there too. Interesting times. He, it, it talks about a really dark period for the title itself and not necessarily good. Um, we had, I don't want to spoil it, but there are some really interesting facts about it too at this period. Um, we'll mention names to, to look out for in there. Shinsuke Nakamura, Brock Lesnar, Bob Sapp. <laughs> yeah, that was that was some really tough times for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Uh, if those names alone give you some some understanding of where this piece is going, Alex as always really gets into detail about all those involved. I was lucky enough once again to edit that piece and to see his his comments about Bob Sapp had me rolling. Ah, uh, it was unexpected because alex is very the way he writes it's very precise but he he gives a little insight into how he feels about bob sap and it was it was so good you seriously by the time this comes out you it would have been out already go and read it it's go read all pieces at all the, uh, the parts one and two and this it is a real dark time really dark time some of the names on that list i mean and then and then talking about the uh, the the kicking out basically of Inoki towards the end of that it was strange. I didn't even know about that. I knew Inoki obviously gave up uh, New Japan, but to, to the way he did it, 
or way he was, I should say. Yeah, it's a very, very interesting read. He makes a wonderful analogy with Bob Sapp's time to a very famous, a very famous, but uh, an infamous moment in WCW with another celebrity holding a world championship. <laughs> I'm sure he paints the picture pretty well. Yeah, it's really good. Pete, seriously, I know you like your, your, your Puro tomorrow. I, I was aware it was bad. I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> oh, it, it's the way he writes it as well. I mean, I know through through pods I've listened to and, and a little bit of research that that period that he covers was a dark time for New Japan, that there was no direction in the company and there was a power struggle and all this kind of that. But to actually see that the champions listed and the the uh, the days and the, the months of their reigns, you do think to yourself, well, you know, maybe WWE wasn't so bad. You know, it, it's really, really good. You've got to read it. Everyone, seriously, out your way tomorrow or that now because it's Friday now. Go read it. And parts one and two, it's it's a really good read. Really good read. And that about covers it this week. A nice short one. Keep your uh, keep you on your toes. We like to mix it up a little bit. We go long, go short. So before we go, let's push our socials. Pete, where are we? Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me. Well, first of all, I'm going to push my uh, weekly feature on the site. You can read my feature, the weekly impact preview brace for impact on prowrestlingpost.com you can find me on twitter at pete probably and you can find me in real life at the doors taco joint and metal bar because we've been doing so many plugs today i figure i may as well plug someplace i like <laughs> are you gonna get some free tacos oh i hope oh oh that sounds good right now and also, also, well done on the plug. I'm smiling like a Cheshire cat here because you, you've, you're shilling. Well done. I'm loving it. Mark, where can we find you? You can find me privately. Or, well, it sounded awkward actually just saying that, but you can find my <laughs> separate Twitter handle at the Mark Madison on Instagram, the site one at Pro Wrestling Post, and on our site related Twitter handle at Pro Wrestling PST. Wish they would let me squeeze in the O, but darn handles. <laughs> I like it about the, I, I won't finish that sentence. Um, so you can find me at Mark Blake PWP and you lucky, lucky so-and-sos. We have a pro wrestling post podcast, Twitter handle. Go looking for us at PWP underscore pod. You will find us on that Twitter account. You will find our podcasts. You will find funny wrestling gifs and memes and some articles from the site all being pushed. So thank you once again, guys. It's been great talking to you. Can't wait till next week. Let's hope that, you know, something happens in Raw Underground or, oh, I don't know, Matt Hardy comes back with a, with a fifth personality due to his concussion. That wouldn't surprise me. Or but, maybe, sorry? just maybe, maybe. see Brock, Brock Lesnar somewhere. Oh, oh my words. I did see some... Who, who did I see? Someone saying, if Brock was offered 20 million for one year, would he go? And someone was like, they showed a picture of his farm. And he was like, would you leave for, for 20 million for, for, for this view? And it was Sable. So <laughs> they, they've got a point. Uh, so until Brock Lesnar shows or we come back, we will see you this time next week. Thank you very much. Bye, everybody. We're out of here. Adios. Adios.